What's up, Purpose Driven Entrepreneurs? It's me, Timmy Bauer, and today I am talking with Patty Beach. She is the author of The Art of Alignment, A Practical Guide to Inclusive Leadership, and she is the founder and CEO of Leadership Smarts. Patty, welcome to the show. Hi, Timmy. Thanks. I'm excited to talk to you, Patty, uh, this podcast. Um, I don't know if you if you thought about your death very often, but the premise of the show is I ask purpose-driven leaders and entrepreneurs how they hope to be remembered when they die. So that's my first question for you right out of the gate. Uh, what is it that you hope people will say about you when you die? Well, I love this question because it really does help us look at the long haul. What are we really here to do? And I feel that my mission in life is to really help leaders create a better world in a better way. And what I mean by that is to shift from what's been a traditional patriarchal approach, top-down kind of leadership that's been going on in a lot of organizations for a long time. And is really the way that we built most of the things. We built a lot of businesses that way. Meanwhile, I really believe that businesses benefit when there's a balance of masculine and feminine energy so that we shift from sort of selling and telling, command and control, top-down modalities to use inclusion, um, have more people involved in decision-making, um, democratize basically the way the organizations are run um, while still holding on to some of those masculine things that made the organization succeed. Hmm. Um, so a lot to ask you there. Uh, so first of all, when you say balance of masculine and feminine energy, so what what are some of the things that you would consider to be masculine energy in a company and what would things that you consider to be feminine energy in a company? Yeah. So I just want to clarify too, that I'm not talking about stereotypes. I'm talking about archetypes. So masculine and feminine energy is something that all humans have, whether you're male, female, transgender, gay, lesbian, it doesn't really matter what your gender identity is. So that's really important to understand. Um, I do believe that uh, male dominated organizations can break out of this patriarchy as well and create what I call the versa-archy. Versa-archy is the versatility, the versatility to shift from masculine to feminine energy. So masculine energy is more focusing on the part. It's like looking at what are the things we need to do by one, when, getting the task done, having facts and data, anything that's tangible that we can shoot for and focused. And we contrast that to um, feminine energy. Fem- feminine energy looks at the whole and looks at what's the, for the benefit of multiple factors. So um, that might be things that are more emergent or feelings, emotions. So the things that are a little bit more ephemeral versus the tangible parts of business. So what we see in an organization that has versatility, we're paying attention to facts and figures and feelings of people when they're bringing ideas to the table to make decisions. For example, that would be the balance of the masculine feminine energy in decision-making. Why is this so important to you that when you think about the end of your life, you want this to be your legacy or a huge component of your legacy? You know, I feel like, um, so first of all, um, I was born in a family with six girls. So I grew up in a very feminine household and I found that to be really wonderful, but also kind of like frustrating in some ways because there were some downsides to it being very feminine. And then I ended up working in geoscience as a, as a geologist in the energy field where I was surrounded by a lot of men and there was kind of the program was very masculine. And I also found that to be frustrating. So Mm. I got this idea from this path that somehow if we had the balance that we could have the best of both worlds. And I knew that in order to do that, we'd have to break out of a lot of things. And, you know, uh, one of them would be um, having organizations that are 
so male dominated that there's not a place for women or for men who have more of a feminine approach. That's always been something important to me as a woman. I wanted to help women succeed in business, but I didn't want us to succeed just by following the, the masculine rules. I wanted us to succeed by doing it our own way. So sometimes if you're a very masculine woman, you can get kind of ding for that. Or if you're too feminine, ding for that. I wanted to have that versatility, that opportunity for people to be fully who they are. So I just, I just really believe in balance. I believe in gender equity. I believe in, um, I also just do believe that that the world works best when masculine and feminine energy is balanced. This is the basis of Taoism. And it's not something, you know, unique to me. A lot of people have brought up this notion that balances this opposite energies that are being um, intentionally managed. So you're not pushing too hard and you're not, you know, relaxing too much. Those would be example of opposite energies. So to be able to have that flow in the work environment, I feel it just that's where I want to work and that's where I want my kids to work. And that's what I feel is best for humanity. Yeah. I love this. What was so frustrating for you about, uh, home life when it was so feminine dominated and, uh, the other field that you worked in of geology where it was so masculine dominated? Well, you know, in my home life, it was, um, really kind of chaotic. Like if we were going to decide where we wanted to go to dinner, it wouldn't be unusual for us to figure it out. Like after the restaurant had closed, cause we'd argued about it, trying to make everybody happy. And then there was some of these kind of like passive aggressive things, you know, that would happen where, you know, if you ever hurt a person's feelings, you might be like, you know, forever in the doghouse and those kind of things. Hmm. Um, and so I, I felt also like a little bit, not enough direction, not enough clarity of what we're going to do. And uh, rules and guidelines. Uh, in, in my household, uh, we didn't have a lot of rules, so that it was quite chaotic. Um, and then when I contrast that to when I went to, you know, work in the oil and gas industry, it felt like there was a lot of unspoken rules. There's a lot of hierarchy. And so, for example, you know, we would kowtow to a certain degree to the senior leaders and they might say something and then people would never say anything necessarily to refute them. So there was a lot of just this sort of pecking order situation going on. And I know that's probably if you work in the energy industry, it's really changed a lot, you know, uh, since then. In fact, I have done some consulting and coaching that industry and I do feel like it's loosened up quite a bit. Um, But I just, you know, the, uh, there was also that kind of like, you know, talk about feelings, you know, you don't talk about your, the humanity of your life, like what we're seeing right now with, um, COVID, remote working, that people are breaking these paradigms. Like you can see that I have a couch in my office or I have, you know, pictures on the wall or things that are more personal. It used to be that, you know, your office just had your trophies and your plaques and stuff like that, right? And and your fancy phone, or, you know, if you were really illustrious, you had a big desk with a lot of books and stuff like that. But now people are just allowed to be more human, more authentic. Yes. Um, and I love that. I want that. I love I want that, that reality. For, I want that for men and for women. You know, when I first was working in um, oil and gas, they just passed the Family Medical Leave Act. And so, you know, women could have uh, medical leave when they had babies was a big thing that, you know, was important to them. You know, they had a job and they came back. But what was even more important was that the men also had babies and they started to take medical leave. Like they started to stay home with their children when they were born. We actually encouraged the first guy in that oil and gas business to do that. And he got so much help, you know, thrown at him about it. Like, you know, as if they made jokes about him, like, oh, you'd think he had a baby himself or had birthed a watermelon or something, you know, because he took eight weeks off. Meanwhile, those children 
you know, you could be one of, you know, probably at your age, you could have been that kid that was born where your dad was involved in your life because you had that opportunity. Yeah. So being able to loosen up these rules, I just feel is super important to our humanity, to the future workforce of everyone that we can yeah. fully express ourselves and, and have it you, all basically. You, you've got this philosophical, um, uh, through line in your thinking. Uh, so, so I like the clarification of, I'm not talking about stereotypes. I'm talking about archetypes. Where did you start? Well, where did you learn about feminine and masculine archetypes and why did that become this through line in how you think about leadership? Well, you know, I first learned about the archetypes through stereotypes. I, I read uh, John Gray's book, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And you know, it was a long time ago. And I was also working with women trying to help them succeed in the oil and gas business. But what I soon figured out was, you know, when I was reading John Gray's book, I was like, well, I'm a woman, but I don't really like shopping. And I kind of like the cave thing, you know, that he was talking about. So I started to recognize in myself uh, that I had a lot of masculine energy. And it was part of the reason why sometimes being in my family of uh, girls was difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but then also had some feminine energy and that was showing up for me in terms of how I was operating with the, the you know, men in the oil business or the women at, at that workplace, which were following the, the program, the, the male rules that were very dominant there. Anyway, not long after that, I ended up, um, I ended up meeting a man named Barry Johnson. He wrote a book called Polarity Management. And uh, he specializes in understanding opposites and how to manage opposites in business. That's his, his theory and in life. And so he brought up that, oh, that's, you know, the, the feminine, the thing that you're talking about is the yin energy and yang energy. And so he was teaching me about yin and yang energy, which is uh, well known in, in Taoism. And then also Jungian psychology, Carl Jung was a, a psychologist from a long time ago. He brought up that the you know, woman has the um, animus, which is her masculine energy and the man has anima. So I got very interested in the, in the idea that the, there was this opposite energy that all men and women had. And it's kind of based on your, your um, gender and kind of not based on the culture, what you're allowed to do, et cetera. And so I went to graduate school and wrote my master's thesis about understanding masculine and feminine energy in business. Um, and did a study of it. So just started bringing that into life. Um, anyway, so with this, with this latest thing with my book, I mean, you haven't asked me about that yet, but I feel <laughs> that like was my that, next question. I was going to say, yeah. uh, go ahead. What, you can ask me you about know, it or not, whatever you want to do there. But, no, well, no one writes a book if they're not thinking about legacy. And I, I think part of legacy is like the joy and the satisfaction that comes from making a positive change in the world. So I'm curious about your book from that angle. Like what, what is the impact that you're trying to make that would bring you the most joy? Yeah, I feel like the impact that I'm trying to make is to help people understand what is this versatile approach to business and to making decisions in an organization. I honestly believe that the more diversity we have in decision-making and the more we include that diversity, whether that's you're from you know, engineering and geology or you're male and female or you're a you know, person of color, that all of those factors matter in business. And when we bring that many lenses to just solving a problem, that we will have a better outcome. We will make better decisions, move our business forward faster, and also remove decisions that are 
terrible that could be disasters, you know, where we're wasting money or we're contaminating the environment or doing something like that. So that's my, my wholehearted belief. Um, meanwhile, I know that it's not easy to do that, that it's a, it's like a philosophical thing, but in reality, we only have so much time and so much money to deliberate and to bring people into the equation. So my book, it, it brings up the principles of this, like the versatility principle that I talked about, um, the Shuba principle, which is to see, hear, understand, value, and appreciate people, and iterative co-creation, which is bringing people together over multiple iterations to make decisions. Meanwhile, I've got a process, the four steps and the five C's process, which makes bringing the ideas so efficient and so uh, solid. So if you bring up a proposal and you put that out there, then you can get lots of people looking at it using these five C's feedback so that in a very short period of time, you have all that inclusion without it taking forever. And so my goal is not only to do this in like philosophy and, and theory, but to do it in practice so that yeah. it's doable, right? Um, so you could not, you could follow those three principles and pretty much get there. But if you follow the four steps and the five C's, you're pretty much guaranteed to get there. And giving people confidence to um, work in an inclusive way without it feeling like hurting cats or, you know, just what most people do, just kick around ideas and nothing ever gets decided and slows everything down, including more people. So they just give up on it. Move on. Cool. I, I'm very curious, especially when you talk about, you know, the four steps and the five uh, C's. Um, do you think that's more of a masculine energy or a feminine energy that that's what I latch on to about your book? Yeah. So my, my book is very versatile. So I have these memorable success formulas and acronyms, which is a masculine way of putting steps and codifying, breaking it up in different steps. Now, here's the thing is the feminine energy is, is baked in. So if you follow the four steps and the five C's, it's basically a masculine and feminine balanced um, formula. So yeah. you don't even have to know that it's masculine and feminine. I know that I baked it in. So for example, the first step is proposed. That's more of a, a masculine, you know, a step like go, go put something out there and see what people think. Right. Yeah. So then you step back and you probe. So that's the feminine step of like, let's find out what people think about this and get their yeah. feedback. Right. And then you wrap it up, repropose. That's a feminine step, integrating all of that into a new bigger thing that is more inclusive. And then close, that's masculine. So we're not gonna keep talking about this forever, let's close. So it's propose, probe, repropose, close. Those are the four steps. And then you've got the five C's, they're, they fit in the probe step and they're also masculine and feminine balance. There's uh, clarifications, which is masculine. Let's get what this means, you know, tangibly. Compliments, which is feminine, you know, providing positive reinforcements. Then concerns. Concerns is a feminine way of bringing up like critiques, or issues or challenges, but instead of talking about like, I got critical feedback, you know, it's, I have a concern. I'd like to support you by bringing my concern forward, right? It's more of a feminine approach. And then changes. This is where a lot of times masculine is going to fix it. I'm going to change it. You know? Yeah. And then the last part is commitment. So it's got, you know, a balance of the masculine and feminine in the, um, in the C's, which help us get that kind of deliberation that is balanced into the, into the equation. I love this. I, I have not heard somebody talk about leadership in this way. You've sold me on your book. I, I'm getting a copy of your book and I'm reading it. Great. I hope um, a lot of people will go get it because I want to create a movement. Like the other thing we're doing in addition to the book is we're adding software to this. So people could go grab, buy the software, put their proposals in there, and they could ask as many people as they want for five C's feedback. 
So yeah. when I'm talking about inclusive, you could go hog wild with it, you know, and really get a lot of people involved in giving you ideas to move your idea forward faster. I love it. Patty, I've got a for fun question for you. So I'm a kid's book author. That's what I do. Um, and I believe that you can't leave a legacy without reaching the hearts of kids. So for fun, what is a topic or idea you'd make a kid's book about if you could? Oh, I would make a kid's book about the Shiva principle in my book. Um, and I'm all with you on the kids. Let's get the kids doing this as soon as possible, which by the way, I'm involved in this thing called the Mentor Project which okay. helps kids K through 12 around the world become entrepreneurs, actually come up with patents, do hackathons, get mentoring, get, I mean, it's really an amazing thing. So you should look it up, the mentor project. Yeah, how um, are you anyway, uh, integrating that? Uh, like, are you going through schools or what are you doing? Yeah, they're going through schools around the world. There's schools in Argentina, Tunisia, um, you know, they're involving entrepreneurs from different, it's kind of like the juniors, these kids, you know, and then seniors that are helping them from the Air Force, from different kinds of entrepreneurial efforts. I mean, it's a, it's a global effort. Have and, you baked, um, have you baked kids books into that yet? We haven't baked kids books in, but we are trying to bake in the four steps and the five C's and the principles of alignment. So one, we're going to be using that with the mentors of the kids who are entrepreneurs and, you know, patent attorneys and whatever the different people are that are going to be involved in this. So I want them to really understand how to use that. So the Shiva principle is to see, hear, understand, value, and appreciate people. So when, yeah. when you practice Shiva, then you create the environment for someone to flower. So these kids, you know, they're, they're, they've got their budding ideas and they're young and impressionable. And we want to create this high Shiva environment. It's not like Shark Tank where you go in and like, you know, this is in and this is out and critical, critical, critical. It's more really supportive, really... Um, acknowledging of where they're at and that, you know, wherever they are, they can go higher or do more things. Um, a lot of the kids involved in this project are just like mini geniuses. They're the kind of kids yeah. that they don't even need school. Cause they're like, you know, off in their third pivot of their business. And they're like, you know, 12 years old and stuff like that. So it's kind of an interesting um, experience. But meanwhile, we go back to the kids book. So I'm trying to think, how do I take these four steps and five C's and, you know, three principles and make them as yeah. simple as possible. So that might be something, you know, Timmy, you and I should collaborate on that. How do we create that kid's book that we bring to the mentor yeah. project for all these kids? Um, I mean, this, so not to sell you, these things. not to sell you, Patty, because I suck at sales and um, it's not my <laughs> primary motivation with this podcast, but uh, yeah, this is my business model. <laughs> I'm basically scribe, but for kids books. So what, what I do, I'm very passionate about this, by the way. Like, I think mm. that if you want to reach kids, you've got to make the content that you want to share with them into a medium that they actually love consuming. So that's YouTube videos, kids' cartoons, and kids' books. And uh, and where my expertise is kids' books. So, so what you do, basically, is you have a story design session where we go, all right, these are the principles that you want to infuse in a kids' book. What how can we break this up into a story that's chocked full of reaction triggers, meaning kids are reacting on every page to they're, they're either get, they're either laughing, they're getting grossed out, they're getting scared, they're feeling suspense, all the reaction triggers that kids want in a kid's book. And you chalk it full of that. And what you end up doing is incepting your ideas into kids such that they're their ideas because they were chewing on them through reaction triggers in a medium that they love. So anyways, that's you know, like I, my... I... <laughs> I just love that. I'm so glad, you know, we caught up about this because I didn't even know that's what you're doing, but 
Meanwhile, I, I really am trying to create a movement of this alignment, you know, uh, the art of alignment movement for inclusive leadership it needs to start as soon as, you know, you start having ideas that you want people to get on board with and yeah. not later, because if you, you know, what happens to, to people is that they, um, they believe that they have to be charismatic and sell and tell and put things out there, or they have to have the perfect idea before they can put things out there. And when you follow these principles and you're working iteratively, co-creatively, collaboratively with people, it's just fun. And you can make more ideas take hold, move bad ideas off the table. And so I really do think that I've simplified this. I mean, I made it as simple as possible. I have this yeah. like uh, rule of thumb. It has to fit on the back of a napkin or have yeah. a formula or rhyme or something. So I've tried to bring those elements. Most of my book was written for like, you know, people in large corporations or nonprofits or, you know, government agencies, those have been my clients. Meanwhile, I'm bringing a lot of these principles into um, startup founders because my husband runs a, an advisory for tech startup founders. They don't nice. have time, patience. They're always like, you know, let's do this fast. So I keep yeah. thinking, I need to make this into like a millennial, you know, uh, cartoon book or something yeah but now that i'm working with the <laughs> kids the mentor <laughs> project i want to keep go down even further you know so now i'm now feeling inspired but i am looking for collaborators that are really interested in um the alignment theory that i've got and repurposing it for different things like working with kid entrepreneurs can you imagine um versatile schools with shuba schools you know where we have schools where kids are seen this heard, is heavily lacking by. in education Oh, it would just be like break everything open. I even had somebody say, well, we should use this like after, um, should use the five C's after uh, court deliberations, you know, yeah. that if they actually deliberated things, the jury, you know, use yeah. this, they would maybe come up with better um, outcomes so that they're not sending people to jail that shouldn't go to jail or not, or, you know, letting people off that shouldn't be let off, you know, all those things, yeah. right? Depending on how Patty, you who's? It. Who's your ideal relationship partner when it comes to getting your kids program involved, uh, like integrated into schools? Uh, well, first of all, it's not my program. It's, it's one that I volunteer for that I very wholeheartedly believe in the mentor project. Um, but I, I think that in that program, you know, they're looking to work with schools around the world. They want the kids to be in the virtual environment where they can meet kids from other kids, you know, around the world. It is such a beautiful thing. And it's not, it hasn't been around that long, but it's just taken off like wildfire because so many kids are getting the idea they can be entrepreneurs. They're watching Shark Tank. Yeah. They're, they're, they're doing stuff in school. It used to be when I was a kid, you were like in, I don't know, juniors achievement or something, you know, and it was only yes. the geeky kids, but now it's like I remember the junior cool kids, achievement. right? <laughs> yeah. Which is awesome. I no or Boy Scouts, you know, that Boy Scouts is where you would put projects together and stuff like that. Yeah. That stuff is still there. But meanwhile, kids have so much more access. Like they can produce their own movies and you know, yes. um, so let's give them all the tools we can give them to take their ideas and make awesome stuff happen faster. Um I love it. Yeah. Pat, Patty, I, I'm just about out of time with you. Um, and I didn't even get to ask you what you hope people will write about your company, but that is my final question. It's just uh, when you think about, say, say, somebody writing the Wikipedia article on your company, what jumps out to you as important that gets said other than just a brute definition of what you do? I just will, I would hope they say that I help them make their dreams a reality, that they, because they saw these ideas that they have, uh, the path forward to not only 
believe in themselves, but get other people to move forward with their ideas, whether that's yeah. starting a business, writing a, teaching a better class, no matter what it is. How should listeners connect with you? They should go to leadershipsmarts.com arts.com forward slash alignment if they want to get free alignment tools um so they're probably the best awesome thank you so much for being on the podcast patty all right i enjoyed it immensely